and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Byer. And I'm Len Foote. And welcome to the program. You are listening live from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where the crowd is really looking forward to what we have to say, not only in the audience, but above us. Through through the glass ceiling, our diamond listeners wait with bated breath because tonight we are talking the best songs of the one and only Declan McManus, better known to the world as Elvis Costello. (laughs) We'll talk uh, the latest bracket that Len will be putting together for Facebook. We'll go through our favorite five albums of his, and he's got about 8,437 to choose from. We'll uh, do, we'll do some pickets and pick how Elvis fares against his contemporaries and maybe some, um, and maybe some uh, newer artists as well. Uh, we'll go through our 45 minute playlist. This is impossible. Um, so we could do about 10 different 45 minute playlists because the guy has so many songs. And then the end, uh, depending on our time, we'll either, you know, we'll do a, we'll do a fairly deep dive on an artist who has more in common with Elvis Costello than you think. And that is Mr. Neil Diamond. An artist that we uh, referenced in our show last night in Karaoke Town. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We said, do not besmirch Mr. Neil Diamond. That man is a saint. <laughs> and Neil Diamond is a saint. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, his music as well. That could be its own podcast. But, uh, you know, what better uh, venue to talk Neil Diamond? Than on a podcast featuring Elvis Costello. Uh, it's a twofer. It's a twofer. It's a twofer. It really is. Double treat. A double treat for the ears. Let's get right into this really rich topic. And um, the bracket is 32 songs. Yep. That's hard to, uh, to get it down to 32. And uh, probably the thing about Elvis is that he still is kind of, he's still kind of a cult figure, don't you think? Yes. Music is very, like probably not a lot of people are going to vote in this bracket. I looked at his, his, he's, (laughs) I think he only has had one top 40 hit in the U.S. He's very popular in England. Yeah. Can you guess what this top 40 hit was? Uh, Veronica. I don't know if that made top 40. I mean, I think it made top 100. Maybe it did make top 40. Well, there's three that made the top 100. I know Veronica was one. I named every the other day, two. Every day I write the book. Yes, that definitely made top 40. Yeah. And the other one is um, Only Flame and Town. So it's like his two that two of the three that charted one was with Daryl Hall and one had McCartney wrote it. (laughs) So yeah, he's not, but I feel like everybody's 
his concerts though are always an event in, in at least in Chicago. They are, but but also, he's only really he's he's an XRT guy in Chicago. You don't hear him at anywhere but XRT. Yeah, he's an XRT guy. I saw him. I've seen him in concert about I want to say about eight or nine times. Wow! And uh, one time I saw him. Uh, he was opening for was when the police were touring. I think it was like maybe five, seven years ago, maybe longer. Um, they, they, they hit all the big spots, but Elvis Costello was opening for them. And uh, so we got there early because I was like, man, Elvis Costello and the police, this is going to be awesome. And uh, Elvis, and it's a, a, up in Milwaukee. They're playing at Summerfest and in the big pavilion. And uh, we get there and like no one is paying attention to Elvis Costello. Wow. I mean, there's like a few. What year was that? Where Elvis toured with the police. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was like 2013, 2012. Really? Yeah. And they, nobody was paying attention to him. No one was paying attention. Wow. That's surprising. I know. I couldn't believe it. You know, it's um, one thing we normally do that we forgot to put down in our outline. What's your first Elvis Costello memory? Uh, mine was, uh, I was introduced to him my sophomore year in college and because my roommate, Steve Good, he had Spike, which had just come out. Mm -hmm. He had, uh, the best of Elvis Costello and the attractions. And he had, uh, my aim is true. And, and he was way into Spike Which I was like, nah, it's all right. But I think it was because I was comparing it to his greatest hits album. When I was like, where has this been all my life? Yeah. This album is great. Yeah. It's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I really listened to the best of all sophomore year. And, uh, and then it wasn't, I think, until my junior year, maybe even my senior year, where uh, someone said, oh, well, you haven't heard Elvis until you heard uh, this year's model. And then and then I met uh, George Brandt, the um, playwright, who was also a student at NU. And then was also at the Factory Theater in Chicago. And George uh, is very possibly one of the biggest Elvis Costello fans on the planet, uh, along with Steve Walker another huge Elvis guy. And, uh, but uh, George is the one that was, uh, George congratulated me when uh, he wrote a note of congratulations when we named our son Declan. He's like, is that intentional? You named him after Elvis, didn't you? <laughs> You're amazing. You're the best. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how I got introduced to Elvis. Um, there's some real. <laughs> Whenever I hear Declan McManus, I think of 30 Rock. I know you're not a fan of Tina Fey, but they did like a celebrity benefit song. Yeah. (laughs) And they were threatening Elvis Costello with revealing him as Declan McManus, international jewel thief. (laughs) (laughs) My first memories is I think I'd heard of them. And you know, Rolling Stone Records, right? Yeah. We used to go there all the time. 
we used to walk there. That's an awesome store. And I never had a lot of money, but I ended up buying two of his albums because they were like $3.99. And I probably happened to have some money for once. Yeah. And I bought this year's model and get happy. And I was like, this guy's really good. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two albums to start with. I mean, his first four albums, My Aim is True, This Year's Model, Armed Forces, and then uh, Get Happy are just solid, perfect, almost. Um, I mean, four, I mean, right out of the gate, just four just awesome, awesome records. And, and he's, he's a change, he, you know, he, he never, he's always changing styles and he's into country music and then he's into soul music, then he's into punk music and then he's into like Tin Pan Alley and then he's into jazz. I mean, he's just, he, he never stands still. That's what I like about him too. Well, I like, I like more of straight up stuff, straight up rock stuff. Yeah. You know, like his country stuff. I don't dislike it. But my favorites are the the rock ones. Yeah, and then he's, he gets into jazz too. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on his jazz kind of right? <laughs> he's married to Diana Krall. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, which ones? What's his jazz albums? Uh, there's North. I, mean, I don't know if you've ever listened to North. I probably listened to it once. I, I can't say I have an opinion on it though. I mean, that was right after he married Diana Krall. Mm-hmm. And so obviously she had a huge impact on him, but they're all like torch songs trying to be like standards. And uh, he's just trying to write kind of like Burt Bacharach style, um, original kind of, but kind of complex kind of jazz kind of stuff. And it's, uh, it's good. He's got a classical type of album, uh, the Juliet Letters where he's singing with like a string quartet or something. I mean, the guy just is, he, there's nothing he won't try. Yeah. That's yeah. That's one thing I really like about him. Yeah. And I read part of his book over the past two days, a couple things of interest kind of responding to what you just said. He has like a page where he's raving about Burt Bacharach saying this is not easy listening this is stuff's really hard to play it's almost sensual his lyrics and he's just you it's great hearing that because i knew he loved burt backrack but it's great when an artist actually explains why they love this person so much yeah and as far as his different influences i think part of that is because he was just raised around music because his dad was a singer and a musician and his dad would bring home, I guess he was, he was, I don't know if it was a show or it was just, he'd play out, but he would learn hits of the day. So sometimes he'd get like these initial pressings of a Beatles 45. Yeah. And so Elvis Costello would get to listen to him and awesome. I mean, his dad would play all different types of music. So he grew up really well-rounded in that respect. Yeah. And obviously got 
a lot of his talent from his dad. Absolutely. But when he first became famous, you're right. He was known as like the angry young man. <laughs> and he, he talks about that in a book too. He's like, a lot of that, he, he says, it's just because that's how my mouth looks. I'm not really angry. That's just how I look. <laughs> his, his lyrics. He's the Jessica were, Rabbit of New Wave. <laughs> his lyrics were pretty biting. Pretty biting. Um, even like a song like Allison, you know, I'm like, ooh, your aim is true. I mean, what's uh, what are you aiming at? Uh, her for I, I always thought that song had a bit of menace to it <clears throat> I mean, great song great i never great realized song. until today that allison is spelled with only one l yep song is that a number one seed in your bracket it is well i got one one right off the top yeah but that was not a top 40 hit for him well, he doesn't really <laughs> – I didn't really do it by that because – Yeah, I'm just I – mean, Well, actually, I'm not going to – keep guessing. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. All right. Uh, peace, love, and understanding. Yes. I think that's his signature song. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. So two more. I'm going to go with Pump It Up. Pump it up as a two. Okay. Uh, Veronica. Mm-hmm. So that's three. I feel like Veronica is the most likely song for someone who doesn't really know Elvis Costello to have heard somewhere. I half expect Veronica to win the bracket. Mm-hmm. It depends who votes. The four people that vote on it depends. If they're yeah, right. If there's four Elvis Costello fans that are are like you. Veronica will not win. I mean, I know, I know, I've listened to every album, but I'd say there's six or seven I know pretty well. Yeah. Then Veronica won't win. Mm-hmm. But if you get like 15 to 20 people voting, then maybe Veronica will win. Right, right. Uh, the fourth one, I'll, I, oh, every day I write the book. Yes. Okay. I kind of gave it away by saying, the top 41, maybe. Well, I mean, you kind of have to go by, uh, you know, record sales and, you know, or songs that are his most well-known. He doesn't have too many that are like, he has no number one hits, which is crazy. Let's, let's do this. Pick four songs you think should be in it, regardless of popularity, and let's see if they made it or not. Okay. All right. I think High Fidelity should be in. It's in there. All right. I love High Fidelity. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, I can't stand up for falling down. Yep. I love that song too. Me too. Uh, shipbuilding. Yep. That's got Chet Baker. Speaking of jazz, uh, Chet Baker plays in that song. Yeah, he does. He does the. Uh, he has the trumpet solo. Hmm. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with uh, um, oh, this is tough. How about uh, do you have a, how many deep cuts do you have? Probably none. 
because it's <laughs> only 32 songs. Right, right. I, like I said, I don't know how many people are going to vote in this. It's going to be a quick one. 32 songs. It's going to go by quickly. Okay, Oliver's Army. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> Accidents will happen. Yeah, that's five. Okay. Maybe you won't be mad. At any of I guess uh, when you reveal your playlist, then we'll see if I'm missing anything that's on your playlist. Yeah, I mean, I've got, but I've got a lot of just like deep, deep cuts. Yeah, I'll let you know if they are or not. That'll be part of it too. Okay. What do you think will win besides Veronica? Let's let's say if it's not Veronica, which song do you think will win? Uh, I'll go with Every Day I Write the Book. I think I think what's so funny about Peace, Love, and Understanding will win because yeah, they that could win. I think people like me and you love that song, but I also think a casual fan knows it and some people who don't really know who Elvis Costello is might yeah. know it because they it's been in movie trailers it's it's kind of a a song people know even when they don't even realize they know it right so I think I think that's got a good shot I, what are I, you rooting for uh I am rooting for I'm rooting for Allison. Uh, I'm rooting for uh, I Can't Stand Up for Falling Down. I'm rooting for High Fidelity. Uh, what else am I rooting for? I love all those songs. I'd be delighted if the only song that I would like be like, if it won, I'd be like, oh, and th that's Veronica. I don't think Veronica holds a candle to all these songs that we just mentioned. I, just I like Veronica. I just think it's a cut below. It's not, it's not that I it's think Veronica is a good song, but it's not like a, it doesn't have an Elvis Costello feel to it, I guess. Yeah. So it's a little, it's a little, um, the bite is gone. It's kind of like a. What is it? I mean, I think it's a good song. I don't listen to it and go, mm -hmm. yeah. This is a <laughs> sellout pop song. Right, right, right. It's, a, it's about as sellout as Elvis Costello gets. But before I forget, <laughs> one thing I also noticed today. So on the My Aim is True album, the fourth song is Blame It on Kane. And then the fifth song is Allison. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> our friend Allison Kane, who probably will never listen to our podcast. Oh, she's a secret fan. But she spells her name with two L's, right? I believe she does, yeah. I, I think I she's a secret Jag Bags fan. Uh, very secret. Okay. Uh, probably doesn't like to. Um, probably doesn't like to, to like the advertise best. the fact that uh, she <laughs> can't get enough of uh, you and me. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Be sure to tell her about this one. She'll she'll definitely <laughs> want to listen to this one. Um. So. Um, should we do uh, should we do our top five albums or should we do the playlist? Yeah, let's do our, our top five albums and then some pickets. How about some pickets? Oh, love it. All right. I'll start. How about you want me to start? Yeah. My number five, I put this on there because I feel like this album got overlooked and it's a recent one. Yeah. My number five is Look Now. That's a great record. 
I listened to it today and I'm like, how did it just felt like it didn't, didn't get any real airplay. Yeah. And just, I feel like the one that just came out, which is also really good is getting a lot more heat, but I think, I think look now is really good. I like look now it's very, um, you know, talk about like sophisticated and almost kind of like, it's a little Burt Bacharachy a little bit. Yeah. A couple of songs. Um, and it's very kind of smooth, almost like mm-hmm. smooth pop. It's very well. I love it. Love it. Yeah. And my number four is one I mentioned. Oh no, I didn't mention. Oh yeah. Maybe I did. Um, Punch the clock. Punch clock was the third one of his. I got. Mm-hmm. I also probably got it off the Rolling Stone bargain wall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this this album doesn't have a great reputation, but I, I think it's pretty good. I feel like when, like, did you see that spin article I sent you? Yes. Where was that rated? High. What is it? Where was that rated on there? It wasn't rated very high. Yeah. I think it's not usually in people's top 10, but it's my number four. Mm-hmm. And my number three is My Aim is True, which you talked about. Awesome. Two is Get Happy. Great album. Which is, <laughs> every song is like three seconds long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then this year's model, which I think is incredible. Flawless. That's yeah, one of my favorite albums by any artist. Agreed. Um, yeah, it's 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 tremendous. Um, yeah, I can't uh, beat that. I mean, my my five are uh, number five would be Imperial Bedroom. Um, I love Imperial Bedroom. I think it's like his first kind of like oh, he's more than just you know, punk rock, he can do kind of like sophisticated kind of arrangements and, um, you know, themes and uh, the lyrics are very sad. Um, And, uh, and, uh, and like almost like heartbreaking in a way, but not like my girl left me. It's more like, you know, I, I'm in a terrible relationship right now and I got to get out of it, but I don't have the guts. So I'm just going to go out and drink, <laughs> you know, that kind of yeah. like that. Um, yeah, what do you think of the song shabby Dow? He talks about that song for a couple pages. <laughs> right. Um, the, the lyrics there are some of my favorite. Um, so that's one that I really like. What's your favorite song on the album? Imperial bedroom. Yeah, it, it would be either. That's a tough one. There's "Man Out of Time." Yeah, I like that song a lot. There's uh, "The Long Honeymoon." Great. There's "The Loved Ones." Great, kind of a pop. Um, and then there's "Almost Blue." Isn't "Almost Blue" on there? Yeah, "Almost Blue." Mm-hmm. Jazzed. Yeah, the three most well-known ones are "Beyond Belief," "Man Out of Time," and "Almost Blue." I, th- I would say my favorite is Man Out of Time. Yeah, that's a great song. Um, and that appears on his greatest hits compilation. As does Beyond. Beyond Belief is a jam. 
So yeah, Imperial Bedrooms, phenomenal. May I may have talked myself into uh, ranking it higher. Um, my number four is King of America, and for a while that was my favorite Elvis album. That's a great album. Um, just kind of like <laughs> you can tell he's really into Americana. Um, and uh, but like all the songs are really, um, you know very kind of uh, American, but like kind of almost rockabilly, um, but like great, a brilliant mistake is tremendous. Um, the first time I heard that song, I instantly wanted to play it again. I'm yeah. Like this is a great song. Yeah. When I saw him in Cleveland, uh, we saw him at this venue called Nautica, which is downtown right on the, the Cuyahoga river in the venue the Cuyahoga river used to be a big steel town. And so these huge bridges kind of like Chicago where the bridges would raise up and down to let these yeah. big boats come in. Well, this one bridge that's probably still there looks like it hasn't moved in about 55 years. The thing is rusted and, and it's gigantic. I mean, it is gigantic and it doesn't move. And Elvis Costello, he comes out and he's like, my first song is dedicated to that thing. And he points at this huge bridge <laughs> and goes right into brilliant mistake. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, that I would have put that album in my top five, but I feel like I haven't given the minutes to it that I have the others that I named in my top five. There's I, I mean I think it's a great album. It's tough because there are just so many. Like I left Get Happy out. And uh, I am like, maybe that was not a good idea, but um, you know, it's just cause he has so many um, that are, you know, that are great. Um, so uh, my third album, and I think it's something that I came to is uh, painted for memory. The one with Burke Bacharach. Um, and I just think that was kind of like a real step up, kind of an unlikely pairing. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's more, it's more of like a Burt Backrack album, but like, it seems, but there's so much of Elvis in there too. It's a true collaboration. So I'm just intrigued by the way that they work together. And um, so that you could say, oh, this is really a Burt Backrack album. No, actually it's a real Elvis album, but he kind of just put in a little Burt touches here and there. I just think it's fantastic. What's your favorite song on that? Uh, from Painted from Memory. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to have to call it up. And then I will tell you. Did you ever see, what's the movie that God Give Me Strength then? That God Give Me Strength. Yeah, that was a great one. Oh, is that the name of the movie? Uh, I'm not sure. No, it's uh, not. Oh, the sweetest punch. That's my favorite. Yeah. Also, the long division is pretty great. Uh, they're all these are great. I uh, we also saw him at the I went with Eileen and a bunch of people. There were a bunch of factory people. They all we all went independently. We saw Elvis and Burt Backrack at the Chicago Theater where you and I saw him. Oh, oh, grace of my heart. That's the movie. Yeah. I feel like that. I bet you if you ask Elvis Costello his five favorite songs that he's done, God Give Me Strength would be on there. Yeah. Because he talks about that in the book. And the whole Grace of My Heart 
movie basically leads towards that song at the end of the movie. Oh, wow. The movie's kind of, it's okay. <laughs> I didn't see it. Yeah, it's, there's like a Brian Wilson-like character. Oh, okay. <laughs> basically walks into the ocean. <laughs> it's Matt Dillon. I mean, the acting's fine and everything, but it just there's just something. It's 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 an okay movie. There's just something missing though in it. Yeah, Ileana Douglas. I like her. Yeah, me too. I got an autographed book of hers, and the book was really good. Yeah, I I, I always like watching her. Yeah. Uh, what was the movie also with Matt Dillon? Oh, To Die For. She's great in that. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, my last two are Armed Forces. And uh, which is, you know, and this year's model, which are two pretty albums that are, I think they, one was right after the other. Armed Forces came right after this year's model, I believe. And they're very much cut from the same cloth. Uh, my favorite songs off of Armed Forces are uh, Peace, Love, and Understanding, um, Oliver's Army. But then I also love, uh, big Boys and uh, Goon Squad. Goon Squad is the best. Goon Squad is a jam. That's a deep cut. That yeah, that's a jam. That is a great song. Uh, and then this year's model, you know, I mean, that's got um, uh, Pump It Up and Radio Radio. But my favorite deep cut out of there, that which I would, I think, is the best song on there by far, and that's Lip Service. I would blast a, yes record. I like, I mean, I think every song in the album is really good. Oh, Lipstick Vogue. I remember, uh, I think Lipstick Vogue, I forget the factory show where it was playing uh, on pre-show and George Brandt would just like say, this is perfection. <laughs> <laughs> this song is perfection. There's no action. Yeah, it's all great, all, great start. Great start to the album. Yeah, he liked those quick hit. It's only going to be a minute 20, but we're going to just rock your face off. Uh, Every song. That's why it's my favorite. Every song is good. uh, No action. He also did, oh, Love for Tender from Get Happy, which is ultimate jam. Um, So, yeah. And so those are my top five. Yep. Uh, What's your favorite, not really well-known Elvis Costello album? One that we haven't mentioned. Uh, there's a lot. That I would say, you know, Look Now would be up there. Um, I really like his new album, Boy Named Diff. I really uh, thought that was super um, a return to kind of form. You know, that he's really kind of channeling those early, yeah. uh, you know, his, his first few releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked North. I really did. I mean, yeah, I North is one of, that's not well known. That's not very well known at all. So I really, I really dug that. Uh, Brutal Youth, I've always liked. Um, I, I don't know if he did that with the attractions. Um, or the imposters, but I really like Brutal Youth, um, and I don't think that's very well known. Yeah, I liked it. I was listening to that today. 
And uh, the other that I really liked is When I Was Cruel. Um, that's all. That's often overlooked. Yeah, it's he, he should be more popular than he is. It's kind of weird that he's more of a cult guy. <laughs> I mean, I he's pop, he, he sells enough albums where he gets to keep doing albums all the time, but right. he should be bigger. I feel like sometimes there's a little Elvis fatigue as well. Like, like oh my God, there's another Elvis. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's pretty pro. I haven't listened to National Ransom or Secret Profane and Sugarcane or Momofuku. You know, I mean, it's just so much to keep up on. I didn't know he wrote Tear Off Your Own Head because the Bengals did that song on one of their albums. Yeah. And I was listening to, do you remember when he had that, did you go to the tour where he did the spinning song book? We saw, yes, it, we saw him, he toured, because um, the, the year later. Was, is it the Riviera? I remember I really wanted to go see it, but I wasn't able to. He came to Northwestern and, um, and I think, I can't remember if it was my freshman or my sophomore year, but I went with Mike Greenberg, who was also a gigantic Elvis Costello, gigantic Elvis fan. And he and his buddy, Simon, also from New York, they like went through the playlist of what, you know, he may possibly sing uh, while loading up on liquor and whatever. And then we all went up to Welsh Ryan Arena, where the, bas- uh, the basketball arena, and he uh elvis played with nick lowe but it was an acoustic show and they had the wheel mm-hmm. it was a great show great show i think that was the first time i ever saw elvis he well yeah it's on the spinning wheel there's a spinning wheel tour album and he does tear oh, off yeah your own, yeah yeah he does tear off your own head with Susanna hoffs oh nice and um <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say now, but uh, anyways, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was just going to, uh, should we get into some of the pickets for Elvis? Oh, I know what I was going to say. Oh, this is kind of a picket. So Nick Lowe, who basically Elvis is a big fan of and worked with, he's eclipsed Nick Lowe. Easily. Because Nick Lowe He's had a couple songs people know, but that's about yep. it. Yeah. He has I Knew the Bride, and he has Cruel to Be Kind, which is one of my favorite songs. Outstanding song. But Nick Lowe's kind of one of those guys, too. He's just like a, a working musician. Yep. But he's not. He, he has a good enough following, but he doesn't have a big following. Agreed. And didn't he produce some of uh, Elvis uh, Costello's earlier? Yeah, I think so. Because that's where I kind of like, I was like, oh, oh, he was the producer starting with My Aim is True and going all the way through Trust. There you go. And he wrote Peace, Love, and Understanding. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. So... Yeah, that was, uh, um, I didn't realize that he, um, oh, he also came back and produced Blood and Chocolate. Do you like Blood and Chocolate? Yeah. 
There's not many I don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let, let's that that might be a better question. Which Elvis Costello albums do you are you like? Eh. Hey, Clockface. I don't think that's good. Yeah, that's him trying to be really um, avant-garde for sure. Yeah, that one didn't do it for me. There's a there is um oh it's the opening so- song on Hey Clockface that I do like a lot because it's it's pretty rock uh, oriented. What is it? Uh, oh, No Flag. Uh, Iggy Pop does a version of No Flag. It's good. And yeah, the rest after that, they're all like, "What?" He's, it's like he started listening to French cabaret. Yeah. <laughs> well, when a song's called Hetty O'Hara Confidential. Yeah, right. Or it's like, hey, clock face. Um, nope. Um, nope. How can you face <laughs> me now? Do you have one you don't like? Hey, clock face is a good choice. Yeah. That is a good choice. I mean, if I had to pick one that I think, I mean, someone's got to go at number 31. I didn't agree with that list you sent me from Spin Magazine listed Momo Fuku as his worst. And I'm like, no, that's what that, that's a that good. Yeah, that that's an excellent record. Yeah. American yeah, Gangster Time. That's a jam. It's a good album. So, you know, what's an album that I missed? that I just recently listened to that I like is the one, I don't know, I don't know if I'm going to say the guy's name right. Alan Toussaint. Am I yeah. saying his name right? That's, yeah. a, that's a really good album. It is. The River in Reverse. Yeah. I really like that. That one I somehow didn't listen to before. It's good. And then I, really I saw I saw those two together. I think it was at Ravinia. And uh, great show. Great show. Yeah. My favorite song on it is Who's Gonna Help Brother Get Further? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, He's very and, prolific. Yeah, and like I said, you said he does d- different things, and that's not a typical Elvis Costello thing. No, not at all. No. Not at all. Um, all right, let's do let's do some uh, pickets real quick. Okay. All right. Picket. Elvis Costello or the police? That's a hard one because Elvis Costello, I think Elvis Costello wins just because longevity and he's got at least three great albums. As do the police. So I give it to Elvis Costello. And I'm going to say it right now because I listened to the uh, Outlanders D'Amour. I, th- that was in my Walkman in the 80s, like a, a lot. I play that <laughs> album a lot, along with Ghost in the Machine, uh, Zenyatta Mandata, and Synchronicity. And of those albums, they've sort of aged well. Outlanders D'Amour, I was like, oh, I, I think I remember thinking this record was better than uh, it is now that I'm listening to it. But those Elvis albums, those early ones, they hold up 1000%. So I'm going with Elvis as well. Yeah. Ghost in the Machine is my favorite police album. Great record. All right. 
about Elvis Costello? Okay, Elvis Costello or the cars? Elvis Costello. Oh, okay. I'm going, the cars had better singles, but Elvis had the better album. Well, the cars have my favorite album ever. Their first album. Their first album. Yeah. And Candio is pretty good. And then the rest of their albums are not strong. They have some good songs on them, but they're not. They have one one great album, one pretty good album. And I feel like maybe I I would say Heartbeat City if I hadn't heard every single song on that album 8 billion times. Right, exactly. (laughs) And seen all the videos 8 billion times. Okay, real quick, what's a better album? The Cars' first album, their self-titled debut, or This Year's Model by Elvis? The Cars is my favorite, so. Yeah. But This Year's Model is close. Okay. It's pretty close. Okay, here's another one. Elvis Costello or Talking Heads? Who? That's a good one. That's hard. It's really close. Because we just, yeah, we just talked about Talking Heads. We did. I love Little Creatures. I love true stories. Yeah. And their their 70s stuff is really good. But I think again, being more prolific and having he I always say he has a great batting average. Yeah. Because hey, Clockface is the only one that really sticks out as like no. Yeah. And the talking heads probably have what seven, eight albums, maybe. I don't think you're going to like North either. I just, I could see I you. Listen, I thought I listened to North. I, I, I don't think that. I just liked it. I be, put that on when you're ready for like a nap and you just want to, <laughs> you know, like, you know, because it's very, very languorous. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'll go, I'll go Elvis Costello on that one too. Okay. Two more. Elvis, okay. Elvis Costello or Cheap Trick? Elvis Costello. Oh, wow. That was quick. What about you? I'm interested in what you have to say. That's tough. Because uh, I would go with Cheap Trick. Yeah. But it's very, very, very. Clear. What's your reasoning? Um, I'm going to say Cheap Trick's first four albums are better than Elvis's first four albums. And not by much. Um. But I just I think I, I I think they're a little more power pop. Maybe maybe it's because they're a little more American. Um, and and I think that both of those guys love the Beatles, both Cheap Trick and Elvis. They love. But I think I feel like Cheap Trick wore their influences on their sleeve a little more than uh, than Elvis. Now, Cheap Trick kind of went down in quality where Elvis kind of maintained, but I feel like cheap tricks had a nice little comeback uh, and put out a bunch of very good records in the later part of their career. So kind I of, like their album from last year. It was good. But Elvis Costello's new album is really good. Better, too. It was better. I have to say, I give, I give yeah, I think it. it's better, but I like the cheap trick one more than you did. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Yeah. Wait, what was that? The latest one? The I forgot people. what it was called, but I did yeah. like it. Let me. Let me I remember it. liking it. Yeah, yeah. We'll look it up. See, I, you like Cheap Trick. I like Cheap Trick a lot. I mean, Live at Budokan is one of my favorites. But 
that's the only album of theirs that I love, I think. Oh, I love their, their I think they have a lot of great songs. Like Voices is one of my favorite songs ever. Their first four, so their first four, the cheap trick, in color, heaven tonight. Then they have live at Budokan. And then their fourth studio album is uh Dream Police. Mm-hmm. Great. Those are all just kick ass. Well, cheap, I mean, that's cheap uh Budokan and Dream Police were huge growing up. They were. In another yeah. world was their last one. Yeah, that was great. That was there's nothing not one thing wrong with that record. Mm-hmm. But uh, a boy named If is better. Yeah, I agree. In my opinion. Okay, last one. Um we'll make it well, these the two that I have, I think I think this will be very easy for you. Mm-hmm. Um Elvis, okay, pick it. Elvis Costello or Devo. Elvis Costello. Yeah. I'm going with Elvis too. I think Devo had like three. Devo's first three first three albums are pretty great. Then they kind of peter out. Yeah, they had a nice streak, but it was short. Yeah, shorter than Elvis. I mean, he's this is. I mean, he's going on fifty years almost. Yeah, amazing. No, he's he's over fifty, isn't he? No, wait, he's not. No, what was his first album? Seventy seventy seven or something. So he's got a few few more years, and it'd be fifty. 50 years of making albums. Here's a little, uh, I don't know if you knew this little Elvis trivia. His backing band on his very first album, My Aim is True, there's not the attractions. It was a band called Clover. And Clover went on to back what famous, world famous rock star and totally rebranded their name, changed their name from Clover to something else. I was just reading about Clover, but I don't think it got to that part. <laughs> Clover was their backing, was Elvis's band, an American band, even though Elvis was British. Then they hooked up with a harmonica player with Thin Lizzy named Huey Lewis. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And became right. Huey Lewis and the News. <laughs> Because he mentioned that he goes, I remember something about he referenced that. Yeah, I love that story. He played with Huey Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> they all did. Listen, if you're worth your salt, you're playing with Huey Lewis. <laughs> okay. Otherwise, how can we take you seriously? <laughs> you need the Lewis stamp of approval. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh! All right, should we do the? Should we do playlists? Yes. You need to read that book, Beef. You'll love it. Yeah, I, I it's upstairs on my shelf. I gotta. I'm gonna do mine for let me do mine first because mine's more his well-known stuff. Okay. Maybe one deep cut that we mentioned already. Ellison. Yeah. No action. Yep. The beat. Love because that's a deep cut kind of. I love the beat. On the beat. Pump it up. Goon Squad. <laughs> Jam. Oliver's Army. High Fidelity. I Can't Stand Up for Falling Down. Clubland. Jam. Man Out of Time. Every Day I Write the Book. 
only flame in town, brilliant mistake, and Veronica. All right, mine, those are, that's a great, mine's a kind of a, um, mine's kind of a smattering of hits and um, there's a few hits in here. So mine is. I figured you'd have more deep cuts. Yeah, mine is Blue Chair uh, uh, off of uh, Blood. I think that's off of Blood and Chocolate, I think. Blood and Chocolate, okay. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the song off of Look Now, that uh, it's the third cut about burnt brown sugar. Yes, that's a great song. Um, uh, from a Whisper to a Scream from uh, Trust. With uh, the guy from Squeeze, that's his duet with the um, I forget which one. I love that. Tilbrook or Hoffenheimer? Yes, Hoffenheimer. <laughs> yes. The What's member. the name of it? The secret member of Squeeze. It's different. <laughs> what's, the, what's the name of the song though? From a whisper to a scream. Okay, it's off of uh, Trust. <laughs> and, and yeah, it was Hoffenheimer with Hoffenheimer. That was Jingleheimer. Yes. Oh, Hoffenheimer. Oh, you're right. Don't Sorry. doubt me. Sorry. Uh, Less than zero from uh, My Aim is True. Uh, there's a um, there's a uh, um, uh, kind of a uh, country version, and I don't know if it made it onto uh, another record, but from My Aim is True. There's uh, they had bonus cuts, and one of them was called Imagination is a Powerful Deceiver. Um, I love that song, that's like kind of a ballad. I don't know where you find that. Um, it, I found it on uh, the CD of My Aim is True, and it was kind of a, a, a bonus track. Yeah. Love that song, Imagination is a Powerful Deceiver. Uh, Big Boys from uh, Armed Forces. Goon Squad, which we mentioned. Jam. Uh, the Beat. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I would not have guessed me and you both had those on there. The yeah, Beat lip, and Goon Squad. Uh, lip Service. Jam. Uh, Man Out of Time. Great. Uh, the Loved Ones. Uh, opportunity from Get Happy. Uh, Just listen to that one. Uh, High Fidelity, also from Get Happy. Uh, uh, Our Little Angel from uh, uh, King of America. Um, I'll Wear It Proudly, and then uh, Shipbuilding. I think I went way over 45. (laughs) I couldn't narrow it down. (laughs) And I have COVID, so I'm gonna play as much Elvis as I want because I have COVID. <laughs> this is saying it wasn't Hoffenheimer. This is saying it was Glenn Tilbrook. <laughs> Sorry to be wrong. I could have sworn it was Hoffenheimer. It says Glenn. It says Chris Difford and Glenn Tilbrook. This might be wrong. <laughs> I think I think they made a mistake. I think it is Hoffenheimer. <laughs> oh. The Grail Marcus here has just uh, <laughs> going to be the final word. You know what's an album we didn't mention that I really liked? 
is um, wise up ghost. Yeah, with roots, with the roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. He's got so many good albums. That's that's why I gave him most of those pickets. Just too too strong. Just Pretty amazing. A great career. Yeah, and seems to be at. I was worried because when you and I saw him, I thought he was not at the. When you ruined a concert for me with your dismissive early comment. Yeah, what did I say again? Okay, he's not. Something like that. (laughs) He is not at the high quality that I come to expect from Elvis. It's true. I owe you my honesty. Then a couple of your odd-smelling friends showed up. (laughs) (laughs) Baby, what's going on? Yep. That show was drunk <laughs> everybody i think in that crowd was loaded maybe everybody knew covid was coming they did they're like it wasn't it was real close it was it a couple was. months before i think yeah, yeah. it was not not, far, not not long after that the world shut down yeah. but i was like worried i was like oh is this the end of elvis but he came back real strong with um well, then I was worried about, and then he put out Hey Clockface, and I was like, oh no. Yeah, yeah. He, but he, he came back with the new ones really good. Boy Named Diff is terrific. Mm-hmm. I haven't mentioned, you know, Penelope Half Penny. That's a great song. Um, you know what I'm curious about? Anyone who is listening, what are your favorite Elvis Costello albums? Because he has so many. Yeah. I hope one of our friends is deep into them because that's what i like hearing i like hearing especially someone who's had such a long career yeah what's what sticks out for them what do you like the best so and if, if any of you and if are big elvis costello listeners let us know on our jag bags page or even fax beef but make sure you put right on the top of the facts not a complaint so it goes to the proper people yes we have our complaint staff which is about 57 people <laughs> mostly about len and then uh and then we have our compliments staff and that's basically that's me um and snuffy I, and snuffy yes snuffy uh well snuffy gets uh he's the new coffee man now that alex has uh, lost his mind and I told uh, snuffy to not get your co- coffee well snuffy uh listen he, he's too good natured He's happy to have a job and uh, <laughs> wow. number one. Yeah, I'd be tough with Snuffy. I'm like, listen, Snuffy, this isn't a vacation. Now I take my coffee with a little bit of cream yeah. and piping hot. So, so I, what's, your, what's your Elvis uh, Neil Diamond story? Oh, well, before I do that. Oh. So I was re- I'm reading unfaithful music Elvis yeah. Costello's book it's actually called unfaithful music and disappearing ink because there's an unfaithful music cd that I actually was listening to while I was reading the book oh yeah I'm about halfway through and <laughs> there's two great British slang words I heard in it <laughs> one is ropey <laughs> guess what ropey means uh great i had no idea it's poor in quality inferior 
Oh, it's a little bit ropey, isn't it? And it was referenced because I guess when Elvis Costello was growing up, like people were starting to move away from Elvis Presley a little bit. And I guess some girl in his class was saying that Elvis Presley's movies are ropey. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I never heard that. And then (laughs) I've heard some people uh, refer to our podcast as ropey. They are no longer friends. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. All the <laughs> they're research jealous. we do, and uh, they're just—it's just—it's mo- motivated by professional jealousy and the, <laughs> and the hard work. And then the other one is spotted Herberts. What's that? <laughs> spotted Herberts is. Like inferior men. And he uses that to tell a story. I think he was, uh, he'd like, they'd like perform on top of the pops every once in a while or something. Oh, funny. And he said the best thing about it was like these dancers would walk by sometimes. And he said <laughs> they would just look at us like we were spotted Herberts. <laughs> so we need to put those in our vocabulary. I will. We are ropey spotted, yeah. spotted Herberts. We really are a couple of ropey spotted Herberts, aren't we? <laughs> That's why you listen to Jag Bags. Every I'm month. starting well for British slang. Yep. I'm starting to feel like a spotted Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Spotted Herbert. Okay. I love it. So I. Checked with our copyright lawyers and they said it was okay to read this small snippet. Oh, good. About Elvis Costello meeting Neil Diamond. We deal, we deal with a lot of lawyers here on Jagbags. We call this serendipity because we I had no idea this was in the book when we were discussing putting a little Neil Diamond add-on to the Elvis Costello podcast because when I'm done with the Elvis Costello podcast, we're going to do a Neil Diamond bracket also. So here we go. Okay. There was a, let's see, let me set it up a little bit. They were doing a gig, I guess it says Hollywood High School. There was a sudden knock on a door and we hid all the contraband. (laughs) Slipping the lock. A halo of sunset framed a man wearing a baseball cap with the legend Archangel. It was Neil Diamond. <laughs> he threw his arms out wide as if he might be about to go into dry your eyes, which we used to catcall when watching our VHS bootleg copy of The Last Waltz because we thought he was a square next to the likes of Dr. John and Muddy Waters. <laughs> Actually, he wrote Red Red Wine and Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon and about 25 million beloved bestsellers. So that's how much we knew. Years later, I encountered Neil at the BBC Television Center. He was playing I'm a Believer in a Minor Key. I was playing a slow drag with Josephine and Paul McCartney was on the show singing Band on the Run. Time has a way of playing with all these pictures. I shook Neil's hand and said, pleased to meet you. He said, we've met before and named the time and place. (laughs) Wow. I'm I'm glad he didn't remember the scene any clearer as he had greeted me more expansively than my demeanor deserved. That night in Hollywood at the door of our bus, he had begun with a fanfare. 
Welcome to my country, he said dramatically. <laughs> Anyways, I just thought that's that funny. Cool. So, yeah, he comes in like Elvis, and he's like, Get out of here. Yeah. Diamond. But then Elvis realized, Dork. But yeah. That Neil Diamond is a legend. Absolutely. How many hits has Neil Diamond had? Well, I um, went to 32. Yeah, so talk about a guy who's about as unlike Elvis in terms of uh, records sold. Yeah, and Neil Diamond has a reputation as showbiz, like not in the nice term. (laughs) Right. He's this, trying to think of the right word for it, like almost over the top. A little cheese ball. Yes, that's a good word. And but I feel like that has kind of just like Elvis Costello was talking. I think that's shifted though. I think people realize how good of a songwriter it was. And these songs are going to, a lot of these songs are going to stay around forever. I mean, just sweet Caroline alone. Yeah. Right. Right. Do you like Neil Diamond? Uh, I like, okay, I'll be honest. I like him in small doses. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, and it's most of his early stuff are the ones that I, that I like. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes his lyrics are like, you know, that song I am, I said, Mm -hmm. I like the one lyric where he's like, even the chair. (laughs) Like, you know, that's, (laughs) it's, uh, but my uh, my mom really played the heck out of Hot August Night, and, yeah. Uh, you know, and that was you could just tell like he was like a awesome live performer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a lot of critics, you know, say that's the ultimate Neil Diamond. You know, that's that's the one to get. Well, he's not an album guy. That's what hurts your reputation when you. He's don't a singles have- man. Yes. Like we talked about with Elvis, Elvis never had like a signature album. It was just all these great hits and everything. Right. So same thing. Yeah. Same thing with Neil Diamond. There's not like, you don't ever hear anyone reference maybe what you just said is live album, but none of his studio ones get referenced. They just talk about specific songs. Right. All right. So we'll, let's play the game then. I gave you a one scene. <laughs> Anybody would guess Sweet Caroline is a one scene. Right. I think this is going to be tough for you. Okay. Uh, America. America's a three. Uh, uh, you don't bring me flowers. One. Okay. So now you have uh, that. You need to guess two more. Okay. Um, uh, Cracklin' Rosie. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love Cracklin' Rosie. Ooh, I kind of did this by sales because he had so many hits. I think I did this by sales. So you said America was a number three? Mm-hmm. So you got one left. What's the one from... What's the one You're doing pretty well. What's the one from E.T.? I was going to make a joke about that. When you're talking about you didn't like his later stuff. Come back again. <laughs> I was going to say, 
Weren't you crying during E.T.? Hold uh, the most excellent play. That's Heartlight. Heartlight, yes. I only gave that a seven seed. Seven seed. Because um, you don't really, he has ton. He had a, I mean, he has, he has 32 songs in his bracket, and I would say 28 of them are pretty, pretty big hits. Yeah, he's got a lot of. About the four, songs. the four that are eight seeds, people might not know, but they're How all about, gonna get they're all gonna get creamed anyways. Yeah. How about song sung blue? You man. Every garden grows one. Bravo, beach. I was gonna say, what was the other one? Um, Impressive. Uh, Honey talks, but it don't sing and dance, and it don't walk. Holly Holy? No, maybe. Uh, oh, no, it's uh Cherry Cherry. No, it's a Forever in Blue Jeans, baby. Forever in Blue Jeans. That might be the first. Forever in Blue Jeans might have been the, the first song I remember his. Because I think that there was like a... I was talking about this on Facebook because one of my friends... Did they do that in uh, Cleveland where they would print up like these radio surveys where they had top 40 hits? I don't remember. In Chicago, WLS would do that. They would have like a top 40 thing and you'd pick it up at the record store and you would see what the top 40 songs of the week were. And I think Forever in Blue Jeans was one of the lyrics on the back of it once. And you know the song Stones? Uh, no. La, 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 la. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stones. That was in, and again, I've talked about this before. That was in my, I bought like, it was 50, 45s for like a dollar or $2. And you didn't know it was in the box. And Stones was in there. So I played Stones a lot. <laughs> like, this was a hit. <laughs> la, 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 <laughs> You'll hear it in my Neil Diamond tribute band. Yes. Song sung Len. Song sung Len. Come <laughs> Forever in Len jeans. Sweet Carolyn. Oh, boy. <laughs> Cracklin' Lenny. Cherry Lenny. Solitary Len. Oh, man. That's a great song. Shyland, yeah, it is a great song. He also wrote, Girl, you'll be a woman soon. That's a sleeper because, because didn't Urge Overkill kind of have the from uh Reservoir from Pulp Fiction? Was was it Urge Overkill did the version on Pulp Fiction, right? Right. So I'm curious how his version will do in this, or people will think that that was his version. Come take my hand. <laughs> he is so like. I predict this will get more votes than the Elvis Costello one. I agree. The thing about Neil Diamond is that like he's like so his vocal delivery is so unique, and it's it's pretty cheesy, but not. I don't know. It's not overly cheesy. And, I don't really uh, hate any of these though. I'm looking at them all. There's not any that I'm like, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe Heartlight. Heartlight's a little ridiculous. <laughs> Heartlight is ridiculous. 
I don't like red, red wine, but it's not because of his version. It's because the UB40 version makes me insane. I can't stand that. Do you like that version? No. Oh, my gosh. That, that was inescapable. It's terrible. Everywhere. Everywhere. What about <clears throat> Love on the Rocks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... But th- that, that was a pretty big hit, right? Yeah, I think that was from uh, the jazz singer. Five seed, because his hits are so huge. They're huge. And he, all, the sun. Another one. <laughs> there was another one from that, the jazz. Well, there was America... There was with oh, with your favorite Lawrence Olivier. Um, He's in that. Yeah, it's the Lawrence Olivier who plays his Jewish uh, father. And Neil Diamond accident, right? It's yeah, he's the, he's the jazz singer. He's in blackface. Yeah. The beginning of the movie, he's playing in blackface. Oh my god! But he's discovered what a train wreck. He's discovered singing in blackface because he forgot to put the blackface on his hands. And so again. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, he's obviously black. (laughs) Singing. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that movie's a train wreck. Yeah, I remember that guy. I think Ebert destroyed that movie, if I remember correctly. Yeah, the jazz singing. You are the sun, I am the moon. You are the words, I am the tune. Play me, beef. <laughs> but he's not somebody I, I turn, like if it comes on the radio, I'll turn it off. I'm trying to think what my favorite is. I like Solitary Man a lot. I like Solitary Man. I like Cracklin' Rosie. I like that song. I am myself. I like his early stuff. Um, and you know the guy could put together great. I mean, he wrote "I'm a Believer." I agree. I like the early stuff better. Um, I like uh, I like "Holly Holy." Yeah. Um, song sung blue. Song. Cherry cherry. Kentucky woman. Yeah, Kentucky woman's a jam. La 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 la. <laughs> I'm just gonna sing Stones all day. Stones would play inside her head. <laughs> and where she slept, they made her bed. And she would ache for love and get he, but stones. I think he wrote a bunch of songs for the monkeys as well. Well, I'm a believer, of course. Well, I think he wrote like It's a Little Bit Me. It's a little bit you. I think that's also Neil Diamond. <laughs> I'm going to have nightmares about the jazz singer (laughs) after what you told me. Yes. I think that's at the beginning of the movie. You wrote Daydream Believer too? What's that? that Did you write Daydream Believer? Uh, I don't don't think this is right. It's got Pleasant Valley Sunday. I don't think he wrote that. No, Carol King did. Carol King and Jerry Goffin, Goffin or whatever wrote that. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he, people that and people who are fans of his, they're, they're like cult fans. Yeah, I'm like surprised there's not like a Neil Diamond fest. My mom loved this song. You know that song, "Brother Loves Traveling Salvation yep. Show." Mm-hmm. 
That's a good song. Yeah. It's in Sweet Caroline, you, <laughs> if you just, just get one song like Sweet Caroline, your life is set. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. That song's just hung around forever and You just feel like there's no end to some of those songs. I know. And they and they're earworms. They're all earworms. Just they are they really are. Like I'm looking at the lyrics and I'm just <laughs> I just picture, you know how um, I keep thinking of him as did you ever see when Will Farrell did Robert Goulet? No. Will Farrell would imitate Robert Goulet on Saturday Night Live, and he'd be like, I'm Robert Goulet. I almost <laughs> picture Neil Diamond like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's your favorite then? What's your favorite Neil Diamond? Uh, I, I'd probably go with Cracklin' Rosie. Cracklin' Rosie. Not for la 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 la. <laughs> well, it's also Heart Life. Come back again. <laughs> I got Although, a tag. Uh, out of all door. the music people that we have... Um, talked about on jag bags over the years neil diamond is the one where you and i are singing the most <laughs> <laughs> there's something about neil diamond just makes you want to sing i don't know what it is i am the sun you are the moon i am the we should tour beef you are the two we gotta think of a good duet name that it relates to how about we'll, we'll tour as the solitary men and we'll or do... Suleiman. We'll just be the Suleiman. <laughs> Suleiman made the bracket. It's an eight seat. It's a great song. Sule, Sule, Suleiman. <laughs> we definitely have set a record for singing. We really, I've got to stop singing. In this 10 minute Neil Diamond segment. Neil Diamond's music sings for himself. I have to tag Laura's cousin's husband, who's a great guy. His name's Gene, and he told me a story once. I always think about him when I hear this song. He was, I think, I don't know if he was unpacking for college or he was packing to go home from college. And he was with his college roommate, and September Morn came out. <laughs> and he kind of looks at his roommate, and he's like, does this song get to you or whatever? And his roommate was just like, no. <laughs> He's like, he didn't feel the same as I did. <laughs> September morn. When we were, when Nick uh, DeGilio, the uh, Chicago, the famed Chicago podcaster, was casting uh, Alive, the play Alive, we had trouble filling a couple of those roles. And so uh, another guy, Steve Walker, who was in the show and was a student at Columbia college said, Oh, we found these two guys. They're going to be great. I'm going to bring them in. They'll read for you and you'll love them. Uh, one guy's named Mike Mazzara and the other guy's named Jerry Halaba. You're going to love these guys. They're, they're, they're really good actors. I'll, I'll bring them in. So these two guys show up Mazzara and Halaba. It's the first time I've ever met these two. They come in and they're like, 
<laughs> they're all these they're babies. I wish I had a picture, you know. How they much younger both, are they um, than you? What's that? How much younger are they than you? Uh well, I was 24 at the time, so they would have been like 20, 21. Mm, okay. I think they were still like a junior or senior in college mm. when they were in alive. Mm-hmm. Anyway, these two show up and they're both wearing matching Neil Diamond t-shirts. <laughs> As a, I, that is a true story. Because I was like, okay, cool. We're going to meet these two cool guys. Walker knows them. They're Columbia guys. They're acting students. We're really excited to see what they're going to bring to the table. They're both wearing matching <laughs> Neil Diamond. What? Who are these two guys? <laughs> they never lived it down. I mean, like, I was like, yeah, you two showed up with your Neil Diamond t-shirt. And they got the parts, though. Uh, I mean, it was they didn't have much competition. <laughs> <laughs> but they were great. They were great. And uh, but uh, yeah, that is a that is a true story. Neil. Are you gonna everywhere. be rooting? He's everywhere. Neil, Neil is everywhere. It's so bizarre. So well, you're gonna be he kind of is kitschy, but then he shows up in like cool spots where you're like, oh, you know, maybe we should reconsider our viewpoint of him because I feel like the first kind of viewpoint of Neil is like, yeah, he's a bit of a cheese ball. But then you consider his songs and you're like, oh, I know that song. Oh, I know that song too. And you're like, do I know them because I've, they've been played on the radio nine billion times? Or do I know them because I actually like them? I suspect a little bit of both. I feel like nowadays you don't hear him except for Sweet Caroline. Absolutely. And Sweet He's Caroline not like everywhere. Like everywhere. it was in the 80s, 70s and 80s, you heard him a lot. And then he's, he got a little resurgence, I think, with Pulp Fiction because people were like, oh, that's a Neil Diamond song. And he's obviously still has all his fans. Yeah. But kind of like what we were talking about with Elvis, I don't think he's as relevant as he was 30, 40 years ago. No way. You but, used to hear America all the time, especially on the round the fourth. I could see five. that making a comeback. You could see that being played at a Trump rally. I, I right, exactly. Like yeah. if, if, when I could see it making a comeback in the wrong places. Right. <laughs> exactly. You're just like, oh great. <laughs> They've adopted America. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I but you're going to root for rally. Crackling Rosie? That's a great song. Root for Crackling Rosie and vote That's got a great lead to the chorus. But it's not a traditional chorus, too. Because it's like, Cracklin' Rose, you're a stoleball woman. Make me, and it, it kind of builds to that. We are going to set records. With it's this a podcast. weird chorus. I'm not even going to try. The golden the record pipe. has already been set. The golden pipes of the solitary men of the Suleimans. We're going to argue about solitary men or Suleiman. <laughs> I think Regency will cast a deciding cast vote. The deciding vote. He's going to mm-hmm. call us the Heartlights. Before I finish, I want to finish up with a little more singing. But before I do that, <laughs> anything else to say about Neil? Let's get to the music. <laughs> Sorry, guys. 
Sorry, Jack Bags listeners. I have COVID <laughs> and uh, it's just affecting my brain today. <laughs> Makes me want to sing, Neil. Hi, mom. Okay, real, okay one last. Do you have anything else? No. All right, let me ask. What do you think is going to win? It'll be well, Sweet Caroline. I think Sweet Caroline is going to Let's win. Let's say if Sweet Caroline wasn't in the bracket, what do you think would win? I think it would be America or it would be Girl, You'll Be a Woman Soon because that's kind of a cool choice. I could see that getting some play. And it's not as cheese ball, say, as like, You Don't Bring Me Flowers. I remember when. My my friend Adam, him and his brother, they did a, a sketch show at CIC. Not CIC used to be on Lincoln. We did a ton of improv shows there. I really like performing there. And they did this sketch show that was really funny. It was Skeletor Talk Show. <laughs> and in one of the scenes, I'm trying to, I don't really know Skeletor well, but it was still hilarious. They had Skeletor singing, you don't bring me flowers to one of the other characters. It was hilarious. <laughs> Do you know that Neil Diamond and Barbara Streisand were high school classmates? No. In Brooklyn? Hmm. I did not know that either. Wow. So, uh, what? And they're both in the choir. What? A, that's a heck of a choir. Yeah. Yep. Uh, one last thing. I will say, I think Kentucky woman might sneak into the final four. I think Kentucky woman is a appreciated Neil diamond jam. I hope so. I like Kentucky woman. Yeah. I think, I think that might sneak in there over something like, you know, bring me flowers, which I have as a one seed. So. Well, we'll see. I would love it. I would love it. If Cracklin Rosie got in there, I would love if uh, I am, I said got in there. Mm-hmm. I am I said is a two Kentucky woman's a three what was the other one you said um uh, did I say Cracklin Rose yeah well that's a one seed <laughs> I think that's all I said what about Cracklin- I'm alive I won't I won't put Cracklin Rosie against Suleiman so you don't have a Sophie's choice in the first round. <laughs> I'll go with crack. Maybe I'll put it up against done too soon. So you have done an easier choice. Ooh, that's a tough one. All right, let's 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 sing it out before we say our final things. September morn. <laughs> we danced until the night became a brand new day. <laughs> Two lovers playing scenes from some romantic play. September morning still can make me feel that way. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you could see Len emoting as he's really going. The diamond listeners have given me a standing ovation. Yes. They, Roberto, really... Ursula, I have nothing but love for you too. <laughs> she has a poster that she's walking around talking poster. about. Non-stop posters. She's like, trans- if you're in... <laughs> Like, transport me, Len. That's what the big poster says. Transport me. If you're interested in being a Jagbags Diamond listener, it really helps if you bring markers and 
poster board. As everyone <laughs> walks around with them. It's a very interactive crowd. Uh, and very uh, artistic, too. Creative. Yes. Supportive. And strong, carrying around posters. Yes. And not, uh, you know, Jag bags, diamond listeners. They don't care about bulk. <laughs> no, they'll just carry that bulky poster board around. I bet you they're probably all science fair standouts. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me. They really are. <laughs> yeah. They have their experiments as well. Really don't really don't have a very hard drinking crowd. <laughs> uh, these, uh, even though we all go to liquor box afterwards, they've they've come to ex- uh, accept our weird ways over there. So, uh, all right, let's wrap it up before I start singing again. <laughs> what do we have on the docket for next week? This is going to be a. I'm looking forward to this one. Paul Thomas Anderson Ooh. pitted against Wes Anderson. That will be a true battle. Who do we like, like better? Yes. What are our favorites? I have to see the French Dispatch in time. Have you seen that yet? I got to watch that and I got to watch Inherent Vice. Those are two I need to see. Yeah. We'll get those. We'll knock those out and we'll be ready to discuss. Yeah. Well, everyone... We thank you for your uh, attention tonight for Elvis and Neil. We've been traveling. And uh, please follow us on social media channels. You can also uh, subscribe to us on wherever fine podcasts are. Buy a Jag Bags t shirt. I remember when. Thank you very much for listening. And when you're ready to listen, put a little Jag Bags. In your ear.